from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. You're listening to live from the path. We're coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston Proper. It is good to be with you this fine evening. And you're lucky I came to. I had half a mind not to come. I wasn't going either then. <laughs> hey, here's what we got going on the show tonight. So what we here's what we had planned is uh, so one of the things that we were talking about. Good news changed the world. Had to do with um, uh, sex trafficking. We like we wanted some more information about that. And we were going to talk to Nate Baird. If you remember, we talked to Nate. Oh, man, I don't know. It had to have been five years ago, four years ago, something like that. He did Happy Birthday, Nate. He was raising money to to, to do um, – Nets. Uh, mosquitoes. Yeah, mosquito yeah. nets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so anyway, he's doing a Merry Christmas, Nate, and he's helping to raise money for Wings of Refuge, which is a – they help uh, people who have who have gotten out of sex trafficking to, to like uh, transition their way into society, I believe. Yeah. And so we were going to have them on to have them kind of talk about that, um, but uh, the sickness got him. It attacked Nate Baird, and he couldn't make it in. Man, that's so, depressing. That's what I'm saying. So we're, we've got to reschedule. But here's what happens. Because uh, we're not doing that this week, we can get to those uh, the article that I've, has popped up like as if we were going to do it for the past few weeks. So that's my only goal. We may, it might be a short show tonight, fellas, but I want to get this article done so that I can get it off my list of articles. And it had to do with uh, reasons why uh, ladies cheat. And it, uh, it was on CNN. It was from the, the beginning of October, and it was the changing reasons why women cheat on their husbands. And uh, I don't, did anybody read it? Here's what I want to say about that sex trafficking deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to be involved in the sting of, of taking them down. You know? Oh, uh, yeah. I, 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 I feel like it's it's got to be much more difficult once you kind of get into it and then, like, you actually see the situation for what it is. That's got to break your heart. Yeah, I mean, you, I don't know. be that far in it where you're going to bring them down, you've got to be in there. Right, and so, like, you got to be, you know, you got to see the whole thing as if you're just a purveyor of goods. And uh, I don't know if I could I could make it through there, so I probably wouldn't be good for the sting operations. But, like, I, that's terrible. And 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 I'm I'm really excited to talk to both Nate and these ladies about this thing to see how we can help. Like I just I mean I don't know if they're looking for open positions for a guy to poorly execute the taking down of folks. A stinger. They need a stinger. Well, I'll I'll drive a big rig. I couldn't do it. Like some of those like th- those guys who were in there building cases uh, against folks. Um, like with multiple visits. Yeah, and like they have to go in there and like. Act like they're in there to buy ladies time. Yeah. Uh, and then they then they hang out and then they they walk away and they gotta go back and like you don't even get the satisfaction all the time of being able to just walk in there and say this is the end, bro. Like. Yeah. You you gotta spend some time building the case and stuff. And I just I I think it would be tough. Well, I think I was just reading on the Exodus Road had something there in India there a couple of days ago where it was like a uh, like a three hour turnaround. Like they went in a gal escaped. She told somebody they fired it up. Got these two dudes over there. and Whiz bang pop got the, got another gal out of there and then arrested like three guys all at once. Well, that's right. <laughs> like it was awesome. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, here's the thing: is I know it's not a subject that I spend a whole lot of time on. Uh, obviously, uh, like I, I, it's deplorable. But like I don't know that I spend a whole lot of time on it because I feel like it doesn't affect me. And I think they're going to say that it certainly does, and that it is in my backyard. And then there are yeah. all kinds of things going on here that. Uh, I am gleefully turning my eye away from that and acting like it's not a deal. Yeah. And so I'm I'm very uh, excited. I, I'll be guarded for that conversation 
Um, cause I feel like once you talk to some folks, um, who have been in and around that arena, um, it, it's really hard to turn away from that and not get, not get involved somehow. So. Yeah. I wonder if there's like, uh, with the Super Bowl coming into Minneapolis this year, I wonder if there's, uh, they need extra folk. Take stingers. So. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's where the third, third string, uh, stingers can show up. I mean, they're not even trying. You know what I'm saying? Super Bowl, everybody knows that's the deal. We just need guys to knock on doors. Hey man, is that right? Is that legit? No. Out. I mean, that, the whole, the whole, the whole thing just, uh, I, I'm so foreign to this stuff. I, I, I mean, like, how, how, let's, let's say you're the dude looking for a girl. I mean, you don't, I mean, who, who do you, hey, I'm looking for a little girl. I mean, how, how does that happen? Yeah. I, I mean, there, cause there's both sides of this happen. There's people providing and there's people buying. Yeah. And somehow they're connecting and I'm thinking, it's, it's sick and wrong on both sides. It's like the whole thing is just not right. Yeah. Is that what happens on the dark web? Like the parts of the internet that uh, they say, look, you do just a bad stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is the type of thing that goes on there. Yeah. Uh, I, also, like they found like Craigslist has been a good front for that. Like they'll advertise young ladies and act like they're kind of overage and then uh, – or of age and then, you know, they're yeah. not – yeah, I've been to workshops where they kind of describe some of that stuff, but I'm, I'm still like, how, but still, how do you know that? How do they know that? Like, I know some of that stuff because I've gone to workshops and I've gone, oh, okay. But like, I, like I, if I, you were like, uh, you're, are you taking a risk that you're actually looking for an underage lady and you're just hoping this this Craigslist is a lie and that I mean, it's yeah. younger than that? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how the conversation you're working with some dude. Hey, I like twelve year olds. How about you? I mean, how how, how do you yeah. even learn what, about like, this dark web? Yeah, there's right, one yeah. person you can say that to that's not going to have you arrested. Yeah, exactly. Directly, or we would hope. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. It's like, how do you, how does how does all this even get facilitated? Given given uh, I mean, certainly most people have a have their ears open for people looking for underage kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. How does this even happen? I mean, I suppose it happens in the places where we're not. Otherwise, we'd be aware of them in some way or another. But yeah, like, it'd be interesting. Okay. Well, okay. We'll ask. I, I'm 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 loaded with questions. I'm sure that after they start talking, I'll just shut my mouth and listen. But I yeah. got questions. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here, so here it is. This was the this was the article. Why women? Uh, the changing reasons why women changing reasons why women cheat on their husbands. Uh, one of the more interesting facts in Esther Perel's new book, State of Affairs, Rethinking Infidelity, comes near the beginning. Since 1990, notes the psychoanalyst and writer, the rate of married women who report they've been unfaithful has increased by 40%, while the rate among men has remained the same. Good, we've been sleazy the whole time. Congratulations, Excellent. boys. Excellent. More women than ever are cheating, she tells us, or are willing to admit that they are cheating. And while Perel spends much of her book examining the psychological meaning, motivation, and impact of these affairs, she offers little insight into the significance of the rise itself. So what exactly is happening inside marriages to shift the numbers? What has changed about monogamy or family life in the past 27 years to account for the closing gap? And why have so many women begun to feel entitled to the kind of behavior long accepted, albeit disapprovingly, as a male prerogative? These questions first occurred to me a few years ago when I began to wonder how many of my friends were actually faithful to their husbands. From a distance, they seemed happy enough or at least content. Like me, they were doing the family thing. They had cute kids, mortgages, busy social lives, matching sets of dishes. On the surface, their husbands were reasonable. The marriage is modern and equitable. If these women friends were angry, unfulfilled, or resentful, they didn't show it. Then one day, one of them confided in me she had been having two overlapping affairs over the course of five years. Almost before I finished processing this, another friend told me she was 100% faithful to her husband, except when she was out of town for work each month. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Not long after, another told me that while she never had sex with another man, she had so many emotional affairs and inappropriate email correspondence over the years that she'd had to buy a separate hard drive to store them all. Who is storing them? Who keeps them? <sighs> what surprised me most about these conversations was not that uh, was not that my friends were cheating, but that many of them were so nonchalant in the way they described their extramarital adventures. There was deception, but little secrecy or shame. Often they loved their husbands, but felt in some fundamental way that their needs, sexual, emotional, psychological, were not being met inside the marriage. Some even wondered if their husbands knew about their infidelity, choosing to look away. The fact is, one of these friends told me, I'm nicer to my husband when I have something special going on that's just for me. She found that she was kinder, more patient, less resentful, less of a bee. It occurred to me as I listened that these women were describing infidelity not as a transgression, but a creative or even subversive act, a protest against an institution they'd come to experience as suffocating or oppressive. In an earlier generation, this might have taken the form of separation or divorce, but now it seemed more and more women were unwilling to abandon the marriages and families they built over years or decades. They were also unwilling to bear the stigma of a publicly open marriage or to go through the effort of negotiating such a complex arrangement. These women were turning to infidelity not as a way to explode a marriage, but as a way to stay in it. Whereas conventional narratives of female infidelity so often pose the unfaithful woman as a passive party, the women I talked to seemed in control of their own transgressions. There seemed to be something new about this approach. So let, I'll, let me ask you this first thing, fellas. Is there anything about this surprised you? Because this jumped out at me. Like this this seemed interesting to me. Not that necessarily that it was happening, but um, but the nonchalance about it or the accepting as an appropriate means to to an end on wanting a marriage that's not falling apart. Is this is this surprising to you or no? Well, uh, most of the morality has flipped upside down. Okay. So in that context, I guess it's not surprising. It's it's disappointing, and it's sad. But what else would you expect from a godless society? So. So what's interesting is that it has um, – it's not complete abandonment though, right? And not necessarily of a moral standard one way or the other. Yeah. But like um, it's not saying uh, – maybe it's the reversal of that and maybe the, uh, just some naivety in my mind. But like this um, this looking outside of your marriage as a means to to keep your marriage yeah. and even to look at it as a as a good. Oh, yeah. yeah. As I'm a saving my marriage by adding spice elsewhere. Uh Here's the deal. I suppose guys have been under that stupidness for years, right? Like there's like there's been a foolishness, and, and maybe maybe it's more true, and maybe it's just a, 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 a admitting it or being more open about it. Where the nonchalance of guys or their willingness to be open about that type of thought, but like like um, you know, certainly it's been it's, it does feel like it's been a guy's prerogative to say, hey, if my wife's not giving me what I want, it's it's okay for me to get it elsewhere. Because in fact, I know there was a there was um. Uh, somebody that that um, that I know, uh, not close, but leading with there was just just a story that I heard of, of of it was basically that very thing. The wife just said, "Look, I just um, I can't I can't keep up with what you want um, for the benefit of our marriage. Just go ahead and do whatever you got to do, and then our marriage will be that part will just kind of be farmed out. It's like it's like, it's, it's just like farming out responsibilities to other parties. And I, I guess maybe hearing it come from a lady's perspective." Um, is interesting to me because a I, I just I have not heard that, um, but to kind of put it in a thought process that like it is a functional way of retaining um, 
things that they're, you're otherwise proud of, like the the cohesion of your family, the um, staying power of your marriage, or the you know not having to break up the the kids or whatever. And so, if this is what it costs to do that, then fine. I mean, the not having to break up the kids thing was legit, but the two other things you said is like the what was it, the cohesion of your marriage or yeah, the yeah. strong? I mean, you basically just just you know ran a, a relay by taking a taxi. And then getting to the end and being like, yeah, I made the relay. You did not do any of those things. <laughs> you cheated the whole thing. That's not what a marathon is. It's not what a relay is. It's not what a marriage is, right? So, like, you can't just you can't just do whatever you want and say, well, this is what I'm going to call a marriage. And it's I get to I get to have sex with who I want when I want to uh, because then I'll be nicer to my husband or whatever you decided yeah. was the deal, right? Like, um because you, you wanted to do the easy thing. The easy thing is to not work out whatever reason you're mad at your husband in the first place and have sex with him, right? Your deal is is like I'm gonna be I'm gonna I can stay correct. He can stay wrong. I will have sex with this other man, and then uh, I won't really hold it against him because he doesn't mean anything into, to me anymore. And that's the thing. It's like you're not fighting out of passion and fighting out of love like a regular marriage would. That's how they battle. You you live with people for so long, and like you're just gonna disagree and you're gonna fight. And your passions are going to boil over because you care about what you're fighting about. But when you stop fighting and say, look, I'm just going to get what I want over here, and actually I'm going to fight less with my husband, you're fighting less with your husband because you care less about him. Mm-hmm. That's the way that's working. Yeah. And so once again, is like you just ran a marathon by taking a taxi cab and then still cross the finish line and acting like you rocked it. You didn't rock it. You cheated. You You didn't maintain a marriage. You did whatever you had to to make it look like you were crossing the finish line. But it was a lie. The whole thing was a lie. You didn't actually cross the finish line because you didn't run the pavement to get there. Uh, we, we have we have this crazy idea that marriage is about fulfilling my needs. And if my spouse isn't fulfilling my needs, then I need to fill them some other way. Yeah, that is the ver- that is the very crux of this discussion, absolutely. So, like, whatever happened to my marriage, the purpose is to glorify God. Yeah, that didn't, that wasn't part of the. I mean, the miracle. open band of lady cheaters is probably not on that. Probably yeah. not on that train. <laughs> which which goes back to what do you expect of a godless society? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I've really I've really shifted in my my thinking over the I don't know, over the years, I guess, is because I think, gosh, how, even the church, I think we have caused this in the last fifteen twenty years. All these sermon series is on meeting the needs of your spouse, blah 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 blah. But what the spouse hears is, yeah, you're supposed to meet my needs, right. and it becomes a weapon rather than a tool to to make a, a marriage better. It becomes a weapon that this is why I get to do what I want because you're not meeting my needs. Yeah, and and we're gosh. Ah, uh, this thing just breaks my heart. I mean, right? Like, there's um, there's kind of three options, I suppose, if you want to think about it. Is you have uh, in a marriage, you're submitting your marriage to God and acting faithfully within it because of what God calls marriage to be. You're submitting to your husband or spouse in service to them, or you're primarily in it for your for your own needs. And like, this is basically just choosing the third option and saying, yeah. um, this is a this is a contractual thing. Uh, this is what yeah. I expect to get out of it. If if you're it's not, not supplying, yeah. You're not supplying the goods okay. at the cost that I want or what I'm willing to pay for it. Uh, then I will get it from a different supplier yep. who doesn't give me the hassle and can make things happen on time. So we've thrown out for better, for worse, for rich, for poor, sickness and health. It, it's just kind of I just want to be happy. Yeah, and so and, and I suppose the, the the caution the caution of course would be is that like this that it is a um, you are trying you have a mo what feels like a momentary um, solution um, that like. 
that it, it, it's not it's simply not sustainable, right? Like that's not a long term thing. Um, it just it what feels like current success uh, is just a covering up of an underlying issue that is going to reveal itself, and the thing that you've not dealt with is still going to be there five years from now, ten years mm-hmm. from now, whenever you are, are unable to. You know, man or lady, get it is what it is that you're looking for outside of your contract now. Right. Um, it's it's like your situation actually hasn't changed. It's just it's just you've you've allowed you've put a blindfold on and said, yeah, things are fine. Hmm. I'd be interested for the long term perspective here, like someone that's done this thing and they're not 85 now, and they're like, yes, that was definitely this this the way to go. <laughs> that was a great idea. I mean, I, no, nobody else can see this. I, have you not met women? I mean, this this is a crazy thing and and. Uh, I don't know. Women tend to be like they don't take those things lightly, right? Like, like especially the emotional cheating. Like the physical stuff is ev- even easier for them to get over some of the time than it is like a, a connection and an emotional connection of of someone cheating on them. So the fact that they'd be willing to do the exact same thing um, and 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 hip hip hooray about it, like it's just it's just a very odd stance. I, I mean, you're protecting something that isn't actually doesn't exist. Yeah. Hold on a second. I lost my – I got some kind of weird Windows message. <laughs> I, got, I lost the rest of my article. Oh, no. Hold on. Pull up. Um, I was going to read the rest of this. There was a – two overlapping. I don't know how people – I, 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 now, that, now that I think about this, I have the same question about this that Dan has about the sex trafficking. I don't even know how this happens. Yeah. I yeah. don't even know how these things occur. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Um you know, I, I actually, to tag on to one of them ladies who says, hey, look, so, like, I travel out of town for work, right? And, like, where she says, like, I, I'm faithful except for when I go out of town, you know, for work or whatever. And I'm like, I have never once thought to say to anybody, hey, I'm out of town. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, usually they can pretty much pick up on the fact that you don't live here. That's why you stay in a hotel. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it, right? But other than that, like, it doesn't come up as, like, weird conver- I don't understand the boldness of people. You know, like especially when I'm out of town, I won't even I won't even be in a room with another woman. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. It's just easier. Yeah. I hang out with dudes and dudes only, and then that's it. That's it's done. Because then these conversations like that never come up, and like I just don't understand people. Continue on. Sorry. I was like, how, how do you how do you start? Well, honey, I don't know how I got the herpes. I mean, yeah. You know, boy, I I can't explain that. I mean, I, I you know I. Uh, Maybe we're, I mean, maybe we're just, we don't have the suaveness to pull this type yeah. of thing off. Like, I, but right. like, I do, I, I don't, I don't understand how this is done. I don't understand how people are finding, finding folk who are agreeing to this. And you're right, Mike. It's the bull, the boldness of people is outrageous. It's the same guy who would, who was fishing the Craigslist looking for underage people, right? Yeah. You're like, how could you be like, w- w- there's no shame here, and yeah. so there's just outright boldness saying, yes, that's what I prefer. I prefer this person who's not my spouse. Yes. Right, and Can like, I have you. <laughs> I mean, we're in the age of technology. Your wife done texted you three, four times that night, right? Your kids Facebook, face, FaceTimed you, and wanted to see, talk to you while you was out of town or whatever. Mom, you know what I'm saying? And and you still pulling this off guilt free? I mean, I could see back in the day when no one could really get a hold of you by phone. Like if you were on a business trip for ten days, you were gone, and then you came home ten days later, and whatever, no one really asked or was up to date on you. But I mean, we're talking about social media and text messaging and phone calls, and people can get a hold of you whenever they want. Like you in constant contact with your people back home. I don't know how you're shelving that in four minutes and deciding it's time to go cheat with somebody. You know, that's just it's just crazy to me. 
Uh, it says, uh, in a secret life of the cheating wife, power, pragmatism, and pleasure in women's infidelity. Another book on infidelity to be published this November, the sociologist Alicia Walker elaborates on the concept of female infidelity as a subversion of traditional gender roles. To do so, she interviews 40 women who sought or participated in extramarital relationships through the Ashley Madison dating site. Like the state of affairs, Walker's text offers valuable insight simply by way of approaching its subject from a position of curiosity as opposed to prevention or recovery, and she investigates which factors led the women in her study to go outside their marriages. Surely one might think a woman who would do such a thing must be acting out of a desire to escape a miserable marriage. And yet it turns out this isn't always the case. Many of the women Walker interviewed were in marriages that were functional. Oh, that's glorious. Sounds romantic. <laughs> yep. Uh, like the women I knew who cheated, many of the interviewees said they liked their husbands well enough. <laughs> Another ringing wow. endorsement. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> they had property together. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they had friendships together. They had children that they were working together to raise. But at the same time, they found mar married life incredibly dull and constraining and resented the fact that as women, they felt they consistently did a disproportionate amount of the invisible labor that went into maintaining their lifestyle. One woman in Walker's book told her the inequality of it all is such an annoying factor that I'm usually in a bad mood when my spouse is in my presence. And another said that while her husband was a competent adult in the world, at home he felt like another child to clean up, clean up after. Yeah. Uh, that's a reasonable complaint about dudes. Yeah. I don't, I don't support the reaction, but I certainly recognize the problem. Yeah. 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 Uh, many of the friends I spoke to expressed similar feelings. I shop and cook. My husband does dishes and empties the trash. One told me, we each do our own laundry, but I've always been in charge of the calendar. And what I didn't realize until recently is that in some way I'm in charge of managing many of our relationships. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean – Welcome to the big world. Yeah, I mean are we supposed to feel sorry for you? I, I don't understand. I'm in charge of the calendar. My wife's in charge of the calendar. You know why? Because she does it better than I do. Because I tried it one time, and it was a disaster. <laughs> uh, let's see. My husband is a homebody, and I initiate plan almost all of our social endeavors. My mom got this phrase from her therapist, keeping the pulse of the household. This idea that someone has to be managing the emotional heart of your tiny community, I think women do that a lot. I do. I agree. I do think women do that a lot. Yeah. And I would agree with Mike. It's because they do it better. And because they care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's to their credit. Yeah. Right? Are they saying, look, I don't want the credit. I just They're don't want it's this. Unfair. Yeah, so, so I think the thought is, that, like, how did I get sacked with this? And I, here's the deal is you're going to feel – if you don't value it, then that's what it's going to feel like. Well, I, here's the thing. It's like that that could be a societal thing anyway, right? Like a good bulk of people will say, well, given the opportunity, like, here, you should do this. You'll get – people – you will be esteemed or you have credit. People will think well of you and they go, eh, it's easier just not to do anything. <laughs> Right, and so like I, I mean, it could just be a sign of the times. People don't want to do nothing for no reason at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose if you don't find value in, so Dan's right. Like, uh, my wife keeps up with our social relationships because if push came to shove, I wouldn't do it. I, right, I'd uh, drop them. Yeah, I, mean, I, I could sit at home and watch TV. And yeah, that doesn't speak well of me, but it is accurate. <laughs> I mean, hey. uh, so uh, let's see. And as Perel repeats frequently in this book and in her previous one, little does as much to muffle erotic desire as this kind of caretaking and enmeshment. Now, here's, the, here's what I will say is uh, that's true. As a husband, if, if you are simply another child of whom your wife has to nanny because you are lazy or, and, and like are, are, are basically making her follow you around to cause you to act like an adult, uh, yeah, I can't be, we can't be anything but surprised that your wife is upset and doesn't look at these what otherwise I would say are valuable things, things that are uh, uh, fantastic that, that my wife takes care of, for example. Um, uh, she, no wonder she doesn't look at them positively. It's a drain on her. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and so, so I think like we're remiss here. The, the conversation, like I said, I, I think a lot of what we're hearing here are things that that men have been saying a, a lot more shallowly, I might add, for many years. Um, but but like certainly the other part of this relationship is that um, women are aren't are, are being treated like women. Yeah, yeah. You know what though? Like I, I'm the only one who mows my yard, right? I I don't I don't go up and down the yard thinking to myself this is just unfair. I'm gonna go have an affair. You know I mean I, I need to have sex with other women because my wife won't do the yard. But, uh, no no I no I I agree. I, the output <laughs> is wrong. This just isn't right. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the output is wrong. Yeah. Um, but the but, but I, the I think we'd be remiss to not acknowledge that the the core the core thought process that starts the trajectory seems like one that is reality and that I have seen, right? Like that 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 women are feeling underappreciated, uh, and they feel like they are having to parent their husbands at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And you know what? We have to father our wives. My wife has never changed her oil. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, she'll let it run bone dry if I don't say, "Hey, have you checked the oil?" <laughs> right. She doesn't even know how to. Right. Well, okay, I'll be your dad then. Well, you be my mom, pick up my socks. I'll be your dad and check your oil. You should pick up your socks, Dan. I know I should. <laughs> she should check her oil. Yeah, that's also true. Okay, I don't check my oil here. But <laughs> that's a bad example. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, and I like I, this is this is all framed obviously when framed within the concept of how we think marriage from a godly perspective yeah um it's easier to keep this thing in 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 that context but like i think if you were to look broadly and societally we would say um people have looked at marriage and 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 have ceased to value aspects of why you marry another person Right and, and like have said it's I no longer like the things that we otherwise might like like hey my husband checks my oil for me or he makes sure my car's running um, what comes with the sense of hey I don't want to have to be dependent on him I don't want to feel like he has to do all these things uh, and, and you start taking away like the things that that, that um, the, the different spouses have traditionally done um, you no longer value them and so then they do they feel like labor as opposed to uh, service and grace yeah. Uh, and that, and and that's that is that is a perception problem mm-hmm. um, where we stop Depression. seeing those things as good. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's see. It says I think there's an incredible amount of deep resentment for women in America about divisions of labor. Labor. Um, and what social scientists are finding now is that there's a correlation between equal division of labor and better sex. No matter how much attention is paid to these issues, she told me these kind of cultural beliefs hang on a long time after they're relevant. They hang on in ways that are often invisible. A lot of women have tried to address these problems and have faced a lot of stubbornness from husbands. They feel there's no way to win this battle. So maybe now that women are deciding is so now what what women are deciding is that infidelity is a third way. So I would also agree with Dan that like one does not lead to the other, right? Like you can have a stubbornness uh, in your marriage, and like you stepping out of the marriage isn't that's not solving a problem. That's that's walking away. And so like I think we have to recognize that like. Just because we've tied those things together in a sentence does not mean that those that's the next logical conclusion. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a third way that is not feasible for everyone, even if more women are taking it up. Usually women who feel financially secure and independent enough to risk potential fallout. These women seem to be finding that no amount of sensitivity or goodwill on part of their husbands can save them from the fact that in every arena, from work to marriage to parenthood, they're always doing more for less. As Wade put it, it's such a precarious balance keeping everyone happy that for many women to start a long conversation about her own sexual satisfaction seems like a bad idea. 
We now tell women that they can have it all, that they can work and have a family and deserve to be sexually satisfied. And then when having it all is miserable and overwhelming or they realize marriage isn't all it's cracked up to be, maybe having affairs is the new plan B. Now, listen to me, you lazy bastard. Your marriage is not what it's all cracked up to be because you're choosing to do it in a ridiculously stupid way. If you have two people pining to do what's best for the other person, th- that does not equal the marriage he's talking about. That's right. true. Right. I'm sorry. Was it a lady? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like yelling at fellas. I don't yell at ladies well. <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> Just end with ma'am. Uh, yeah, so that's true, right? The very crux of this description um, is you're trying to have it all, but it seems like it's all the wrong things. Well, that's it. they're pointing their finger at the institution of marriage. And the truth is, it is what you, what you make of it. Your marriage is whatever you put into it, and however, mostly, if you follow what God tells you to do, and the way that you are to view uh, two people becoming one, that doesn't that means you never get the option to be one person separate again. That's the deal. That's what happens when two become one. And so, like, when you walk into this thing going, "This is what I'm doing forever," and like any amount of sex I plan on having is dependent on how well I treat this person. Right? There's a reason God didn't say, and you may have sex with the trees, because people wouldn't do nothing else. Yeah. That's all they'd be doing all the time. And so he says, look, it's a good and perfect gift, but you're going to get it through another person, and it's going to create intimacy, and it's going to create uh, closeness. And, and, and to get that, you're going to have to treat them well. <laughs> and so you have basically traded all the good things that God has built into marriage to create what he needs it to be and what it was designed to be. You want to throw those out. Do whatever you want and expect the same output, and then when it doesn't happen, you want to kick your toys and then run for the hills and do what you wanted to do in the first place. You've created a problem and then pointed back at it and said, this is a problem. I can't believe this. Right, right. The institution sucks. You Really, it's, you, you are not – like you're blaming it on the institution of marriage when it's it's your participation within the institution. Yes. Right? It's the things that are going on inside it. It's, it's – um, uh, like marriage, actually. So they they, they talked about that. It said um, uh, that uh, I tested this idea out on a few of the friends who confided in me about their affairs, and most of them agreed. Twenty or thirty years ago, they might have opted for divorce because surely there was another man out there who could do better in this role, who could satisfy them completely. But a lot of these women are children are divorced. They live through the difficulties divorce can create. Maybe that's the essential question. The question preceding Farrell explores in her book: Why do women still marry when, if statistics are to be believed, marriage doesn't make them very happy? I confided in a friend once that after 15 years of marriage, the institution and the relationship itself continued to mystify me. At the time I married, marriage had felt like a panacea. It was a bond that would provide security, love, friendship, stability, and romance. The chance to have children and nice dishes to be introduced to someone's wife. It promised to expand my circle of family, improve my credit score, to tether me to something wholesome and give my life meaning. So, like, the expectation is, like, that marriage doesn't do that. Uh, your relationship within the marriage is what is what actually connects the the binds, right? The marriage is the agreement that that's what you're going to do. Yeah, but it's not the doing of it. Yeah, the marriage itself doesn't provide security, love, friendship, stability, or romance. The the guy does that you're married to. Yeah, he, he does that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, you know, you got to be careful who you're bound to here. I mean, that certainly makes sense. Um, here, here's the thing: is like if you if you saw the importance of that, like coming off on this, if, 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 if we're, you're creating a third leg that says, you know, we don't have to resolve these problems. I'm just going to cheat on my husband or cheat on my wife. Um, when like the lessons we can be learning is that like we need to recognize what we're entering into. Like we're we're entering into a commitment to people, and like if you don't feel like you can be committed to this person, for heaven's sakes, don't do it. 
right? Yeah. Like if this isn't someone – like if you can't look down the road and say, you know what, hey, he's, he's not lazy uh, and he actually seems to love and support me, then fine. You know, go through the process. But like, I, you know, marriage doesn't solve problems. It t- it tethers you to the per- to the problem. If you've got the wrong person, it teaches you humility. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're the dude. <laughs> uh, let's see. My uh, my friend told me she felt this way of thinking was the only answer, and the way she'd come to reconcile her feelings about the relationship. She said that she used to compare her marriage to her parents, who always seemed totally in love. Until the end of my mom's life, they were spooning together every night in a double bed. Not even a queen. But she added, they were awful and narcissistic, with very little to give their children. Well, it's kind of an extreme example. My friend felt she and her husband were much better parents, more involved and attuned to their kids. But often she went on, it can feel like my husband and I are running a family corporation together, and that our emotional intimacy consists of gossiping about our friends and watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean that happens. I got, I mean I'm most likely to gossip about the children, uh, and not watch Game of Thrones. We've been watching stuff on the Hallmark Channel. Oh, it's it's got me reeled in. Uh, sometimes I wonder if when the kids leave, I should either A, have a passionate affair, or B, find another husband. I may do neither, but it seems like A is more likely than B. I don't have any illusions that marrying someone else will make me happy. Not anymore. Dang. Huh. Dang, this article is a drag. It's, it's, it's not my experience. No, no, it, neither is mine. Like, this is not an institute of marriage problem. I'm telling you, you're you're participating in it wrongly. Like you showed up and said, "Give me all these things that I want," and they said, "Well, listen, if if you, I mean, that that was basically the deal, right? Like, if if you love your spouse in the way that that they need to be loved, you will receive love back in the exact same way. It will be of equal measure, right? And that's the way it works. Like you can't support yourself and then blame them for not supporting you, right? Like if you support your spouse, your spouse supports you. Then you have are both supported and everybody's happy, and it's it's that's the way that it works. And it falls sometimes, and it sucks sometimes, and sometimes they didn't understand the support you wanted, and sometimes you didn't explain the support you wanted, and then there's a rift or whatever. But, like, communication fixes that, and then you're back to good again. And so, like, I, I don't understand. Uh, you're, you're, you're taking the – you call it the institute of marriage, and you are slandering it into the ground only because you've been doing it wrong. That's basically like like going up to the – oh, I don't know. What would be a good example? It's like getting in the car into the front seat – and riding it facing backwards, and then saying the front seat is uncomfortable. Yeah. This car is always going the wrong direction. You're using it wrong. <laughs> You're yeah. using the car incorrectly. Uh, yeah. That's what's happening here. You took a something that – it's 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 a classic example of anything we've ever screwed up as humanity, right? God tells you, hey, build this city. Hey, I'll invent bricks. And you're like, you know what we're going to do with the bricks? We're going to build a, a tower so big to the to the heavens. God's like, dang it. That's not what I intended for the bricks, <laughs> you know, and you guys, and then you come up with this plan. And the same thing with marriage. Well, Lord, I want to have more sex, and Greg don't want to have much sex with me, so I'm going to have sex with another guy. No, that is not what I intended for you to do. You're going to end up with half of half broken hearts all over the town. You guys keep acting like this. I gave you the marriage for a reason, and it was to protect you and to enrich you, and then you blame it for not working because you didn't want to participate in it. Wrong. Wrong answer. Hmm. You're using the car wrong. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right. Anyway, that was it. That's the whole article. Why women? Uh, just, that's a terrible article. Yeah. Yeah. That's difficult. I don't know that this is a as widespread as they're making it sound. Cause just because you got a couple sleep about friends that are okay with cheating on their husband. I don't know though. We we live in a little bubble. You know, we're we're in a Christian little bubble. 
Yeah, that's true, I suppose. I mean, I don't know. I got a lot of I got a lot of friends that ain't know Jesus for nobody. Actually, <laughs> think, here's the thing. This goes back to that boldness thing, though. It's like I I look around. And I think the people that I that I um, that aren't in my Christian bubble. All right, and I think we're like they're not bold. They're not uh, they're they're not brave. They don't have suave people skills to pick up ladies and other gents. No. I think it, it does have to be a perfect storm of, A, you don't know Jesus, and, B, you just got a lot of self-confidence or some swarthiness to you. And you had enough to drink. And yeah. there might have been some booze involved. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Or the environment just lends it to people making mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Well, see, and where a Christian man would mitigate that environment, right? Like like the exact same guy will go out of town who loves Jesus and go, nah, no hotel for me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to bring a guy with me. <laughs> you know, that will definitely curb that. Done. Yeah. Done. All right. Anyway, that's it. That was the article. Yeah. That's Mike, let's do let's do some, let's do a couple of advices. Okay. I'm I told ready. you we might we might be able to tuck this up tight today. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Dear life from the path. I have been married for 45 years. My husband and I get along fine. We each have our little quirks, but after all these years, we're used to each other. There's just one thing that really bugs me about him. When repairs need to be done outside the house, we have it done. New roof, new siding, driveway paved, even solar panels. We also have uh, done some work inside, such as remodeling the kitchen and bathrooms. Uh-huh. Twelve years after moving into our home, I finally insisted that, that it be repainted on the inside. My husband griped about it nonstop. I told him he didn't have to do the painting. We would hire someone to do the job. He did have to help me move the furniture. Well, now it's time to replace the carpet. It's original. Thirty years old, stained and worn out. Again, he's griping and complaining. He drives a wedge between us. Oh, <laughs> Money isn't the issue. He says I am, quotes, always bothering him with one thing after another. Is it asking too much to have these things done inside my home after so many years? Quotes, nagging wife. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You're not telling the whole story. Like you just mentioned all the times you wanted to do remodels. You didn't mention the time that you're like, Greg, you didn't put the spoons in right. <laughs> Greg, your shoes are facing the wrong direction. Greg, when you're going to be the last one out of the bed, you're going to make the bed. And that's the rules, Greg. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, I mean, I'm not saying that he's right here. I mean, 30 years old is an outrageously long time for carpet to be still be in your house. Uh, yeah, that that wore out 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a good chance Jimmy Hoffa underneath there. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I don't know if that gives you a pass just because you only nag about remodeling on occasion, but then you also nag about everything else all the time. I mean, if money's not a problem, can't you just order the carpet? Yeah. Just order. I mean, order it. You want to get a new carpet? If he doesn't want to do it, just order it. I yeah. mean, it's not a div- You're going to pick it out anyway. Greg says, I ain't going to help move the furniture. I don't give a crap, Greg. I'll hire someone to do that, too. We don't need you. See, here, here, here's the problem. The guy has arthritis, and he wakes up, and he's in pain, and he doesn't feel good, and his allergies are messed up, and she's talking about carpet, and he all he knows is he hurts, and so he gets grumpy, and then she says, there's a wedge between us. They have a great marriage. Yeah. Just, just get the carpet. Get on with your life. Yeah. I mean, Greg could try to function as a whole human. <laughs> Maybe not just. <laughs> but that new carpet would feel good on the arthritis. One thought, Greg. Yeah. I hurt. <laughs> I guess, so that is another thought, though, is like if the money's not a problem and he doesn't care about the carpet, why doesn't he – he goes, yeah, go ahead and order the carpet. I mean, yeah. a simple new sentence would solve this problem. Yeah. Well, and maybe he does have a point. Why are you bothering me about this woman? Why don't you just pull the trigger on it? Don't bother your husband at all. Just say, hey, man, got new carpet coming in Tuesday. See, he, yeah, see, they love the conversation. My, my wife is always asking me, 
asking me questions on colors. Now, I, she knows I'm colorblind, and, and, and for 33 years, I say, I don't know. <laughs> not only do I not care, I don't know. I can't tell you what color that is, yes. so I can't tell you if that looks better than the other. But she she still asks every single time, hey, do you like this color or that one? I don't know. Uh, I don't care. No. She likes the conversation. It's, yeah. it's the journey. Oh, yeah, that's true. So you play the game. Oh, I don't know. This looks a little brighter, I think. Yeah. Looks gray, really, to me, but... <laughs> You know, one-tenth of lies. Yeah, I think so. That's like you do at the eye doctor. One or two. Two, I guess. Yeah, I'm thinking two. Yeah, I don't know. You Try know the right answer. Again? How long has this guy been checking eyes? He knows when you tell him the lies. You don't be like, one, two, one. Do you, you have sure? a three? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I can't stand that guy. Mm. He's just a pompous jerk with that eyeglass thing. <laughs> click, 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 click. Is one better than two? You know the answer to this. You put the stronger lens on two. <laughs> Are you just trying to call me an idiot? <laughs> Hey, here's the deal, too. They they have the ability to do – they have a line that validates 2015, like you see better than normal, like superhuman. Yeah. And, I mean, he's got lenses that will get me that far, and he always gets that far and then, then backs it down. He's like, we'll give you 2020. I like, need you to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. said, give me the full. I mean, give me the superhuman. <laughs> I'll take the 2015, sir. Yeah, really. Uh, Hey, the only other thing to note here, and this goes back to the – um, this goes back to the, the lady conversation is – uh, although not relevant in every case, sometimes ladies, if you don't want to, if you don't want to be a mother to your husband, stop mothering him. Right? I mean, sometimes, sometimes you're doing that, right? Yeah. It's possible that like you became his mom, uh, and he, and you don't want to be, so you should just, just stop. Yeah. You, you know what though? Uh, I can have a pile of about three foot deep of socks on my side of the bed though, and every once in a while I think, oh, look at that, I better wash these socks. So if she, if she stops it? mothering me, it's she has to live with that. Uh, no, that's true. That I, that's the question, right? Like, yeah. are you willing to put up with that and like slowly change behavior? She waiting for me to get embarrassed. I'm like, I'm not embarrassed. No, nobody no. sees this. No. Nobody's coming in this room but me. It's <laughs> soft for me to walk on when I get out of bed. That's my pile of socks. That's that's on my side of the bed. Exactly. Who no, cares? Yeah, no one's coming. The dog don't even come that far. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Segular says, uh, the question was, uh, am I asking too much to have these things done inside my home after so many years? Segular says, I don't think so. Nothing lasts forever, and that includes carpet. Make a deal with him. You hire someone to move the furniture this time if he will stop complaining. The disruption will be over in a few days, and the interior of your home will look fresher and newer once that carpet is history. Would you work for the carpet company? Yeah, really. You just basically described new carpet. That was your answer. She already wanted carpet. It's done. It's a done deal. Here we go. Dear life from the path, I have a problem I don't think you have ever addressed. Oh, boy. Both of my testicles have been removed. Yes. <laughs> you know, we were just talking about this last week. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> Fortunately, they were not cancerous. Oh. What? Why did you take them out? <laughs> <laughs> they just hang around. I mean, mine aren't cancerous either. <laughs> I left them in. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Moving on. It doesn't bother my wife, which is a blessing. Sure. The blessing she married an idiot who had his balls removed for no reason. <laughs> I, I assume that they, they thought there might be a problem, and so he had them taken out, yeah. and then they they turned out to be nothing. Most most support groups are for cancer survivors, and I'm wondering if you know of any groups for men like me. Cancer <laughs> non-survivor. What? Some days I still can't cope with it because this part is part of a being a man. Any suggestions? Boy, I just – I'm confused, fella. You had your balls removed for apparently no reason at all. We don't have any preventative tests in modern medicine to check if there's cancer in there first before we slice and dice them. 
No, sometimes they gotta go in after stuff. Yeah, they could, it could have been like the, you know, uh, you really have a good chance, a high probability of having it, so just get them out. Well, I mean, can't they put in the nudicles? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Like, don't yeah, don't, don't they put something back in there? So, I, I mean, hopefully know. not metal or anything, so it don't clack around. But you know, some <laughs> I think it's fiberglass, <laughs> isn't it? The little silver balls on the strings <laughs> that flop back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I can gather what this man's asking, he can't really go to a cancer survivors group because he did not have the cancer. Right. But he misses his band balls. I mean, I don't uh, – okay, so I, I'm going to admit that I, I feel like I shouldn't speak to this because my first reaction is like you're just going to have to get over this, man. Yeah. You don't have cancer. Hey, hallelujah. All right? It's uh, well, I mean you still – your, your penis still works. You still use it. That's how I attach manliness. Are you looking for children? Because at this point, like it's just it's a done deal. It's so just done. I mean, you could tie some some fishing weights or something down there. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, th- think of how many women have had hysterectomies. Well, yeah. You know, and I don't. I, I mean, there's and, no exterior no. look of a hysterectomy, though. Well, breast. I mean, take it breast. Uh, okay, right? mastectomy, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that makes perfect and, sense. And, and preventative. Preemptive, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, that happens. And I get it. Like, there's something associated with that. I, like, I, I get that. But, like, it's it's way more obvious for a for a woman who's had a mastectomy than it is for a guy who, who took his testicles out. I'm trying to think of how uh, – it's kind of delicate. I mean, how often would you even, you know, realize there's nothing there? I mean – Yeah, when you get done halfway through the day and be like, there's nothing stuck to the minute. side of my leg. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't have to shift that to sit on this bike. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't. I've not lost them, so maybe I'm not. I'm making yeah. part of the wrong thing. That's what here. I'm saying. I feel like but I'm being insensitive, but it's, I think it's overdone. I mean, it's just like when they when when ladies get mastectomies, like you have the option to get implants of some kind, right? And yeah, they have yeah. fake balls. They put them in dogs all the time. Huh. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. The white with the, the, the yeah. In dogs? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Dog care. Yeah. Huh. I see. Maybe this guy should talk to a vet. <laughs> He's mean, obviously dealt with this problem. Yeah. But, but I mean, we're thinking like, I mean, when, when is this guy in a context where anybody would know? Yeah, I don't. I mean, we, I mean, if you go to the water, right, this is a hard thing to have. Close. I have questions. Like, is it light and fluffy? And it does not feel like it's got any weight to it, like a cheap microphone. The expensive ones are heavy. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the the cheap ones feel like there's nothing going on. I mean, is that kind of the concern? Huh? Is, is he just self conscious about it? Well, I think of course. So. I mean, I would. I think feel like it would be because it's just different, and it feels it feels like it's something not right. I put. I try the fishing weights. Yeah, just put some in there. Certainly, there's a plastic surgeon who can handle this type of thing. I yeah. I mean, yeah. Huh. Slice, just, insert, nudicle, sew them up, done. I think you got to be careful what you put in there, Mike. I don't think you can just like put it in random. Couple marbles, grapes. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's see what secular says. I, I am fascinated by the potential in this advice. Go ahead. Segular says, the doctor who saw you through the procedure may be able to refer you to a group or a therapist who can help you with your adjustment. Comedy. If you, if you have – I don't think she did that for comedy, but that's funny. <laughs> if you haven't already contacted that physician, it would be a good place to start. Although most members of support groups are probably cancer survivors, you still will have much in common. So keep an open mind before di- dismissing the idea entirely. I mean there's got to be – there's for folks who've had surgery that weren't cancer – I bet there's there might be like surgery type of thing, like major medical problems. Yeah, sure. Hmm. You got time for one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Dear, life from the path. What is the appropriate response when I get an invitation to go somewhere and I must decline because I can't afford it or don't want to pay for it? I'm trying to cut my expenses, and I'm embarrassed that I can't afford any new expenses. 
I appreciate the invitations, and sometimes, if it's worth it to me, I will accept. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sometimes I pick up the pen and write on the envelope and sign my name. <laughs> she didn't say that part. I don't want to lie when I really want to say, this expense isn't worth it to me. <laughs> what can I say that won't hurt anyone's feelings and won't get me caught in a lie? Wow. You have the tendency to talk too much. <laughs> dear, dear life in the past, I have no tact. Yeah. I feel like I should have some. What are your thoughts? <laughs> dear, dear six answers when one will do. <laughs> uh, not attending. Love so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you come out? I can't afford it. I mean, I, whatever. How, how close are these people to you? I don't know. She said, but apparently she gets a lot of invites. Yeah, I, I don't have this problem. <laughs> yeah, you can just say, I really can't make it. Yeah, can't make it. And they can decide if they want to ask why, but... They say, you busy? Yeah. Busy not making it. <laughs> busy counting my money. Yeah. yeah. I'm not spending what I'm sitting at home. I, I don't want any new expenses. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to save up for a, trying to save up for a nudicle. <laughs> uh, why are you saying, what is that nudicle? That's what goes, that's the fake ball. New, oh, new testicle? That's it? Yeah, nudicle. New, N-E-U, uh, fake, fraudulent. N-E-U? Yeah. Like Club Nuevo. It's a new vo. It's a Spanish testicle? Yeah, Nuevo. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, what, can, what she's saying also specifically, what, should, what can I say? Yeah, I can't yep. make it. What can I say that won't hurt anyone's feelings and won't get me caught in a lie? Okay, here's uh, let's just uh, let's take this one at a time. What can I say that won't hurt anyone's feelings? There's no such phrase. Someone's going to be offended by something. I'm sorry, I have to decline. Yeah, just say, no, I can't make it. Yeah, I mean, if someone wanted you there, it does, there's no magic sentence that goes, you know what, I really wanted them there, but the way that they said that, I now no longer care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> That's how it works. If it's a person that knows you, knows you well, and you send them a vague, hey, man, I ain't going to make it, they're going to call. What do you mean you ain't going to make it? <laughs> no, nah, that ain't going to work for me. Yeah. I, I need the skinny. <laughs> yeah. And then what was the other one? And won't get me caught in a lie. Don't tell lies. Yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> done and done. It's yeah. a thought, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. is like if you if you travel a circle of friends and you say no to eight things out of ten, uh, yeah, it might come up every once in a while where someone says, hey, how come you said yes to that? I thought you were watching your expenses. You say, I was. Yeah. And I am. Uh, this just uh, – I, I just felt like splurging on this one. I mean, don't people have any tact at all? You know, like, yeah, you got to live once in a while. I mean, come up with something broad and general that doesn't really slam a guy or say, yeah, but Tim, all your ideas are stupid and I don't want to do those. But the one that Jerry came up with, I think that rocks. <laughs> you know, I mean, just say, yeah, you know, I got to splurge on something. I guess we'll do this thing this time. Yeah. Then it's back to probably pretty strict living. And you need to quit living in fear. You're, yeah. you're worried about hurting everybody's feelings. Man, you can't do it. Yeah. You're going to hurt people's feelings. I mean, that's just life. Yeah. Not when you're watching your expenses. Yeah. <laughs> Segular says, it isn't shameful to admit to someone that money is tight and you have to cut expenses, so you can't attend an event. It's something that everyone should be able to identify with. However, you should refrain from saying the expense, quotes, isn't worth it to you because it comes across as judgmental and the person may take offense. Blame Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Sorry, Ramsey bossing me around. Yeah, can't do it. All right. We agree with that. That's, that's basically what we said. Yeah. I pull. <laughs> I ain't coming. Ain't gonna happen. Hey, you listen live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, if you have any thoughts on the show, if they're good show, good thoughts, uh, shoot us an email info live from the path dot org. If they're bad thoughts, shoot them to Chris Roloff. That's uh, C Roloff at WTRU dot com probably. 
Uh, anyway, next week on the show, oh, there will be no show next week, uh, but uh, we'll hope we can catch up with those Wings Refuge folks and see what we can learn about this uh, sex trafficking business and see how good news changes the world, even that arena. Yes. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. I want you to kiss it.